0: to hear that one okay so another housekeeping for those that are here is the temperature comfortable in this room is it little cold all right let's see a show of hands how many say it's a little cold okay Joel you see that okay can we huh yeah I know it's so let's see if we can uh, I think I don't know what the temperature is but let's kick it up a couple knots. okay so I want everyone to be physically comfortable down up 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 like 72 no 72 listen we have been blessed with a new air conditioning system and a new heating system. you know we've been blessed with it they, Our last one was like seventeen, sixteen seventeen years old, so this year we were blessed we're having a little trouble adjusting the air conditioning though so so please be patient we're going to get it fixed. We think we got a range when it says seventy two guess what It is not seventy two it's not yeah it's it's a lot less than that so What we're trying to do is adjust. So physically I want you to be comfortable so that spiritually you can be uncomfortable. Because messages are for comfort and uncomfortableness depending upon where you are in the valley of decision. Okay? So today we're going to be talking about those. Today this is a foundational teaching. And uh, it really discusses the physical and the spiritual aspects of our lives. We as the temples of God uh, that he's chosen to dwell in for those that believe in Yeshua and, and have, are possessed by the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. This is a place where uh, we have a dwelling. It's a co-dwelling. We're both physical and spiritual beings. How many know that? How many know that when your spirit leaves, the the physical body dies? Just goes. That we are a spiritual being that, that occupies this carnal, this fleshly body. Okay? So, this parasha talks about that in the physical. Big picture. And then it goes to smaller. Just like the temple was, the place that God dwelt. The tabernacle, what? God dwelt in the tabernacle, did he not, in the wilderness? then what then he transitioned and dwelt in the temple right and that that took on his his dwelling place then he chose to begin to dwell inside of us right by sending his Ruach HaKodesh and now we are those temples and we move around and we take him with us along with ourselves so this message is, is important um, because of that going from the big picture down to where we are so keep that in mind as we go through the teaching this morning the message uh, is the title is see making it plain okay this week's parasha is entitled ra'eh or see or behold now I thought it was interesting and I, I think I think um, I'm going to share this with you because I think um, I want you to sort of start looking at this uh, during the week, um, that before the teachings come, before the parashah comes, God will give you examples in the physical that will then apply in the spiritual. I'll give you an example this week before I started the study. Um, I was having um, trouble with, um, with my eyes. My eyes were, you know, I was, I'm thinking, you know, I got my eyes fixed 20 years ago uh, because of a medical condition and now they continue to get worse and so I have to keep different glasses and, and so it goes and goes and I go there has to be something here. So I started looking at, at the um, encyclopedia YouTube and uh, found an uh, eye physician, a medical doctor physician, not a chiropractor physician guy guy, guy. this is a real doctor guy. And uh, they said that there is ways to fix your vision, especially if it's been uh, adjusted, because it's really a muscle problem. It's a physical muscle problem. So I thought it was interesting as I was looking at it, and they gave these ideas. And so one of the exercises out of the five exercises is to draw a picture of an eight like this on a piece of paper, see this? Or if you want to turn it this way, this is infinity, right? emblem of infinity but let's look at eight. Um, And when we look at this it tells you to go counterclockwise first following your eyes, not moving your head, moving around without your glasses on and then do it the reverse and do that about I don't know I think they said because I'm still learning it so I think you do it like ten times or something so it's not a long time but it's supposed to strengthen the muscles in your eyes. So that was in the physical but then when I open up the parasha what is it Ra'e, C. Si. didn't that just happen to me happened to Rinpoche Ivan. she was having some things where how many know that she uh... does paintings out of clouds how many know that? okay alright well God told her this week she said Those clouds are moving, watch those clouds like a movie. Don't look at it as a picture, look at it as a movie. So God talked to her and she filmed the pictures of the clouds and watched them change and make all these different movements. What is that? Parashah, see. What I'm gonna challenge you to do is during the week, start thinking about what's going on in your lives. Start thinking about what you're experiencing during the week. And then when it gets to the time to begin to read the parashah for Shabbat, let's see if you see any parallels or correlations between what you've seen during the week and the physical that may have a spiritual implication to you. Okay? How many can do that? You want to do that? Okay. There'll be a test next week. I'll see how it worked. Just kidding. All right. So... Physical and spiritual. You know, we're about seven weeks away from Rosh Hashanah. This could be the year that he chooses to come back. This could be it. We could have a whole different lifestyle coming in a few weeks. How many are prepared for that? Or are we still all focusing in on the physical aspects of? getting back to school, doing the things, going our routines and doing all those things. We sometimes, we get, as we approach Rosh Hashanah, we have a tendency to be burdened down, weighed down by physical aspects when we need to transition and start thinking about the spiritual aspects of who we are as believers in Yeshua. And yet we still live in two parts. We live in this physical body and then we also live in the spiritual bodies. This week and the next two weeks, the parashot contains the bulk of the commands found in Davarim. Davarim is the word, words or Deuteronomy. Now turn to Davarim, Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 26 through 29, which we read in the Hebrew and we read in the English. Now let's read it again a second time, which
1: says this. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse a blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you this day and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which ye have not known and it shall come to pass when the Lord thy God hath brought thee in unto the land whither thou goest to possess it that thou shalt put a blessing upon Mount Gerizim and a curse upon Mount Ebal again Moshe began by putting the commands into
0: perspective, saying that the choice of whether or not to accept the Torah is nothing less than the choice between blessing and curse. Now in this parasha, we read about two mountains, Har Gerizim and Har Ebal, Mount Gerizim or Mount Ebal. How many have been to Israel and saw those mountains? How many know? Some some have experienced those. It's amazing to see those. You know, there's about two miles in between them. But this is the significance of this story. This is a big picture story that we're talking about in this parasha that we're going to gradually land from a big picture, 30,000 feet down to where we are in these physical bodies. So, we have these two mountains. Mount Gerizim was on the south, or the right side, as one looks towards the east. This was considered the side of favor, and therefore the side of blessing. Now on the other hand, there is a Mount Ebal, which was, and is, on the north, or the left side, facing the east, and therefore the weak side, or the curse. Now I just gave you a geog- geographic or a geography lesson since everyone's going back to school. How many remember geography? How many want to forget about geography because you have an electronic map that can tell you where to go, right? Alright, now upon entering the land the people were to commit to themselves a to they were to commit themselves new to God and the Torah this is a season of starting to commit ourselves we should be committing as we approach Rosh Hashanah uh, the newness of, of, of God a refreshing of our relationship with God a refreshing of a desire compassion a, a desire to consume the Torah Davarim, Deuteronomy 27 1 through 4 and verse 8 says
1: this and Moses with the elders of Israel commanded the people saying Keep all the commandments which I command you this day, and it shall be on the day when ye shall pass over Jordan unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, that thou shalt set up thee great stones and plaster them with plaster, and thou shalt write upon them all the words of this law when thou art passed over, that thou mayest go in the in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, a land flowing with milk and honey, as the Lord thy God, thy, of thy fathers has promised you. Therefore it shall be when ye go gone over Jordan ye shall set up these stones which I command you this day in Mount Ebal and thou shalt plaster them with plaster and thou shalt write upon the stones all the words of this law very plainly.
0: Now it's not a coincidence that they were
1: instructed
0: to build this Ten Commandments in plaster and put it in in Mount Ebal because remember Mount Ebal is the weak side, Mount Ebal is the physical side Mount Ebal represents the physical aspects and Mount Gerizim represents the spiritual aspects turn with me to Davarim 27 11 through 15 which
1: says this and Moses charged the people the same day saying these shall stand upon Mount Gerizim to bless the people when ye are come over Jordan, Simeon and Levi and Judah and Issachar and Joseph and Benjamin and these shall stand upon Mount Ebal to curse Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, Naphtali and the Levite shall speak and say unto all the men of Israel with a loud voice cursed be the man that maketh any graven or molten image an abomination unto the Lord the work of the hands of the craftsman and putteth it in a secret place and all the people shall answer and say Amen. So
0: Can you imagine what that was like having the the six tribes on one mountain and six tribe representations on the other and having these screaming back and forth uh, as the people were in the center of that two-mile center, which is the valley of decision? Now let's reread Davarim 27, verse 8. Let's reread it again. Well, unless somebody knows it, somebody want to repeat it? Well, then, then let's just read it again.
1: Go ahead. And thou shalt write upon the stones all the words of this law very plainly. We see this idea
0: also referenced in Habakkuk chapter 2 verses 1 through 2 which says this
1: I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer him when I, I am reproved and the Lord answered me and said write the vision, and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it."
0: Now imagine this, and I've talked about this before, but imagine this, that that this message was written to the point where you could run by it and see it. Now, if you stood up over here, Joel stood up over here, and I'm not gonna make you do this, but, and Joel you ran across here and when you got over there I asked you to tell me what you just read, would you be able to read this? And chances are, if you had this right in front of you, (laughs) you Uh, (laughs) the significance behind this is that we are to make things plain. We are to make it. Uh, It's not a coincidence that God gave 10 instructions, 10 commands on Har Sinai to the B'nai Israel, the children of Israel, to make things plain. How they relate with God and how they relate with people. And, and, and those commandments were significant. That instruction was significant on the way you were to live your lives. And so we see here where making it plain, making it large, even to the point where if you were running by, you could turn and look at it and know exactly what it says. You could run by this and read it, right? You could read that and see what it says. And because it's big, it's large... And it, you can make it plain. It's important that the messages that we receive are plain. Instruction are plain. We also see Joshua being obedient and following Moshe's instruction. Joshua eight thirty through 35 says
1: this. Then Joshua built an altar unto the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. As Moses the servant of the Lord commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses an altar of whole stones, over which no man hath lift up any iron, and they offered of thereon burnt offerings unto the Lord, and sacrificed peace offerings. And he, wrote, and he wrote there upon the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he wrote in the presence of the children of Israel. And all of, of Israel, and their elders, and officers, and their judges, stood on this side of the ark, and on that side before the priests of the Levites, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord as well as the stranger as he that was born among them, half of them over against Mount Gerizim, and half of them over against Mount Ebal, as Moses the servant of the Lord had commanded before that they should bless the people of Israel. And afterward he read all the words of the law, the blessings and curses, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all the, of that Moses commanded, which Joshua read not before all the congregation of Israel, with the women and the little ones, and the strangers that were conversant among them.
0: So we see where Davarim was read in in its complete content and there was significance between that instruction that Moshe gave uh, before his death to the people of Israel. There was a lot going on around the mountain of curses which if the children b'nei Israel were obedient they would avoid. Today Do you know how you can avoid the curses described in Scripture? By reading His Word and walking out His Word in faith. Today, a main excuse given for not reading God's commands is what some preachers and some teachers teach that you don't have to read because you are saved by grace. How many have heard that false teaching? from false teachers and false prophets that will mislead and cause people to stray well we are saved by grace that is true but what are you to do after you are saved I know many who have there's some denominations that say once saved always saved and yet then you read scripture that doesn't line that up why because some say what Depart from me, I never... But Lord, didn't we cast demons out in your name? And they said, depart from me, I never knew you. How does that line up with once saved, always saved? I know there's denominations that say once you get to the point of salvation, you don't have to go any further. It's like graduating from high school. Once you get through twelve years of school, you don't really have to go anywhere else, right? And how do you know that that's significant? Because how many go to their anniversary, or how many go to their uh, high school reunions? How many know how significant it is? How many know that that's a time in which people that are in their twenties, and their thirties, and their forties, and their fifties, and their sixties, and their seventies that go to high school reunions, what happens to them? They go right back to when they were 17, 18 years old, remembering things that happened in those days and the significance of a memorial, right? That's like once saved, always saved. Once you get to that point, you stop and you go nowhere else. No, after you're saved, you are to progress, you are to mature in the faith. You to. And how do you do that? How do you actually mature in the faith? How do you become a saint? And a saint is really just maturing in the faith. How do you mature in the faith? How do you do that? By reading His word, reading God's word, by consuming God's word. Romans
1: 6:14 through16 says this: "For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye, ye are not under the law, but under grace." What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of disobedience unto righteousness.
0: See, this gives you a great example because those preachers and teachers, they only read the first verse. They didn't read any other of the verses. And that's what they're teaching They're teaching what they read and then they interpret the rest. For those kind of teachers, you need to run from them. You need to go away from them. You need to get away from them. You need to, if you're watching them, turn the TV off. Turn the YouTube off. Turn your phones off. How many have your phones on? Turn them off. Get to know Him. And when you do, you experience the Mount of Blessings, Mount Gerizim. So how does that work for believers walking in faith? Don't put your focus on physical represented by Mount Ebal. But the believer's focus is to be on a spiritual life represented by Mount Gerizim. Where's this at? Let's go to Galatians chapter
1: 5, verses 16 through 23, which says this. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Stop. This whole concept is talking about
0: Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. It's talking about being in the valley of decision. One is the spiritual aspects. The other is the physical aspects. And that's where we are as we read through this book of Galatians. Now continue on.
1: Now these, now the words.
0: Now I'm going to interrupt you because the, the Mount Gerizim, there is no need for law because you're in the spirit, the spirit. The law is designed to contain the flesh, which does not have the ability to contain the flesh. It does it has no capability. That's why more fences had to be built because you keep violating the law. In the physical, you will be confronted with a law, and if it doesn't line up with the way you feel, if you aren't wokey enough and you don't like it, then what are you going to do? If you don't feel you will make up a new law. And that new law may not even line up with science. Right? You can't make a man into a woman because you think you're a woman. You can't do it. It's physically impossible. You can't make laws up when they don't line up with the physical. You may want to do that, but you can't. Making things up when you live in the spirit, however, there is no law. You know why? Because the laws are made for the flesh. So how do you, how do you reconcile all this stuff? Because we're constantly flipping between law of spirit and flesh. We're constantly switching from spirit to flesh. And, and depending on what condition you're thinking about or what, where you're behaving or acting, those things apply. That's why people that are in the spirit, that's why worshiping is so important. Because you're in the spirit, you're worshiping God. Who's in spirit? And God looks for people who worship him in what? And what? See, so we see worshiping is significant. It's important. In the physical, we see more of the law more the instruction because we are these physical beings and we need this instruction for us to live our lives in these fleshly bodies until we're released from this body and hopefully live with Yeshua throughout all eternity.
1: Let's continue on. Now the work of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, Fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in times past, that these, are, that these which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law.
0: This is exactly why there has to be a resurrection. Because the physical body has to be accountable for the actions that they've done. And the only way to protect yourself against uh, the judgment in the physical when you're combined with the spiritual when we're brought together in the day of judgment is that you're living out your life following God's commandments. That's why our Father gave us those commandments. That we can live our lives in the physical following God's instruction. And our spirits are related to him as it relates in a relationship. All of this fleshly side is, 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 is codified in the discussions of Mount Ebal. We see it as an explain. So how do we get, now that we've talked about this, how do we get our blessings?
1: Hebrew 11.6 says this, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So faith cometh by what? Hearing.
0: In the Hearing by the word of God. Right? So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith almost takes on a spiritual aspect, doesn't it? And yet it transitions over time into the physical where we live our lives and we have confidence to know in the Spirit the things that we see are true. So do we know what our blessings are by walking in the Spirit? How do you walk in the Spirit if you're spirit. How do you walk in the spirit if you're spirit? Does a spirit walk? I thought they float. How do you walk in the spirit? It's not physical walking. It's motion. Moving in the spirit. Motion. Walking in the spirit. Matthew 5, 1-12 says this.
1: blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of god blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are you for when men for when men shall revile you and persecute you ye shall say and say all manner of the evil against you falsely for my sake rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you
0: when you're living a life more in the spirit than you are in the flesh, the things that happen to you in the flesh really don't have as much of, of, of an influence over you than it does to those that live in the flesh. You want to stay in the spirit, especially in these end days, people, we have to be living in the spirit. Because I've told you year after year it's going to get worse. How many would have thought that we be in the position we are today in this world even 12 months ago and it continues to get worse and it's going to get worse and worse until Yeshua returns because we are in the midst of the birth pains we are in the end days we gotta get serious he could be coming and he is coming but he could come sooner than you think remember Scripture talks about it being a surprise to people that he shows up. You know why? Because those people are like a frog that's been put in water and they turn the heat up. The frog doesn't even know they're boiling. There's some science for you. Spiritually, there's a lot of Christians that are frogs and don't even see what's coming. And aren't even prepared. Be prepared. To meet the King of Kings. Amen? We're blessed with spiritual blessings. Ephesians. That's how I heard somebody say Ephesians. Ephesians. Anyone heard that before? Joel, you ever hear that before? I said I wouldn't call him out I didn't I just asked him if he'd heard it before he's obviously forgot it Ephesians that's the way Canadians say Ephesians Ephesians 1 verse 3 says this how many love Joel he's great he is great Joel is great that's because Vera's trained him in the right ways to live Ephesians 1 verse 3 see I dodged that bullet didn't I not me no not you that's
1: right I'll have to pay for that okay so Ephesians 1 3 says this blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ he continues to bless us in the spiritual realm because that's what's important that's
0: what lives throughout eternity and that's where our blessings are we need to be thankful and grateful for everything no matter in what physical condition we're in or what physical presence we're we're involved in, whatever events around about us, we have to focus in on who we are as spiritual beings who belong to Yeshua. Two mountains with a space of two miles in between, a valley of decision to either follow God's word and be blessed or not follow, living in the flesh and being subject to applicable... That's not my imitation of President Biden. I just sort of got carried off there. Subject to applicable curses. Knowing God's words. Knowing his words. Let's look at a non-threatening example. Davarim. Let's look at an application of, of uh, God's instru- Moshe's instruction to the people. And let's see how long that lasted. Devarim, Deuteronomy 12:1 through 4 says this. Let's apply this. I'll give you an example. Go ahead.
1: These are the statutes and judgments which ye, which ye shall observe to do in the land which the Lord thy God of thy fathers giveth thee to possess it all the days that ye live upon the earth. Ye shall utterly, ye shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which ye shall possess serve their gods upon the high mountains, upon the hills, and upon every green tree. And ye shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars and burn their groves with fire. Ye shall hew down the graven images of their gods and destroy the names of them out of the place. Ye shall not do so unto the Lord your God. Now, does that seem
0: pretty clear? Pretty good instruction, right? Well, does it work? Let's go to Rome. In Rome, there's a place where Mass is... Masses where mass is conducted And it's called the Pantheon How many know the Pantheon? How many have heard of it? It was a pagan worship place A place where Romans worshipped foreign gods There's 12 stages within that Pantheon How many has been there? Anyone been there? Okay, few of us have been there 12 stations in the Pantheon In the center there's a hole in the center and that's where they would sacrifice things. And then, the, then it would go up, the flames of the sacrifice would go up. And it would be offering those sacrifices to those 12 deities that were around the inside of the pantheon. This is where the Romans worshipped the foreign gods. So what should have happened to that place? It should have been done away with. But it's not. You know why? Because the Romans are copycats. They turned this place into a place of worship under Catholicism. Just like they took the Greek gods and renamed them and used them as their gods. And just as they created replacement theology to do away with Judaism, not rabbinic Judaism, Judaism where we find our foundation of our faith the Catholics replaced Judaism no longer Jerusalem it's Vatican City no longer the high priest it's the Pope no longer the Levitical priesthood it's the priests all of them were replacements don't be a copycat they should have heeded the scriptures and destroyed those places. If it truly was God in the formation of that religion, which I believe it wasn't in God's position, it was something to control the people. It was a political motivation for that religion, not a spiritual or one that was, was uh, motivated. Even though the, the historical accounts say there were certain events that happened that created it, that's fine, uh, and we find a lot of denominations that, that find their root, but there's also things that I believe God's got ought against those denominations because they don't follow his instruction or his scripture. They should have heeded the instruction in Dabarim. Dabarim twelve twenty nine through 32 says this.
1: When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee, whether thou goest to possess them, and thou succeedest them, and dwellest in their land. Take heed to thyself, that thou not be snared by following them. After that they have been destroyed from before thee, and thou shalt, in, and thou shalt, and that thou inquire not after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God. For every abomination to the Lord which he hateth, have they gone? Un, have they done unto their gods? For even their sons and their daughters, they have burnt in fire to their gods. With that thing, whatsoever I command you, observe to do it. Thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. Why does God hate
0: idolatry? Why does he hate it? Because people live in the physical, and they want to worship something physical. And yet God is spirit, and we can only worship him in spirit and truth. That's why he hates it, because of that. We saw the the cattle, the the golden calf created when Moshe was up in, in the mountains. And God said, get down there, your people are polluting themselves, they're violating themselves by worshiping this. That's an example of people being in the physical, where we have to worship God in spirit and truth. And by faith, we have to believe that that's how you transition between the physical and the spiritual when you are standing between the mountains of blessing and curses you have to make choices that result in either blessings or curses that is what the valley of decision is for it is during the time of making choices that you should follow God's roadmap to success and what is his roadmap to success his word, the word of God, is his roadmap to success in the valley of decision, trying to decide what to do in between the physical and the spiritual. Listen to the words in Isaiah 56, which says this, because these words, this verse,
1: is very important even today. Listen to what it says Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, call ye upon him while he is near
0: transition into the spiritual side of your lives get closer in the spiritual side moving away from the physical side especially as we begin to transition as if especially as we move towards the high holy days that we're approaching that could be fulfilled this year 2nd Timothy 4 2 through 4 says this
1: preach the word be instant in season out of season Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away from their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables.
0: Forcing
1: choices
0: forcing choices. Jude 4 and 5 says this
1: for there are certain men crept in unawares who were from before old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ I will therefore put you in remembrance though ye once knew this how this, how that the Lord, having it saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not.
0: I remember, I remember years ago where there was, some, there was a, a poll done that said by 2025 that most of the churches in Europe would be not even occupied, that they would be somewhere else. We're three years away from that, and it looks like we're on that time frame. Look at what's happening in America with the churches. Look what's happening with with our belief system. Look at what's happening with the way we believe as as Christians, uh, as Christians follow certain things and certain things are being taken away. This is all accelerating and we're seeing prophetically the things that are accelerating that lay the foundation for Yeshua's return. We're, We're getting worse and worse, more and more like Sodom and Gomorrah. Let's now look at lawlessness what does lawlessness mean it really means the lack of laws that's all it means lawlessness means lack of laws so the purpose of laws are to force making choices that may not go your own way of desires you're driving in your car the sign says you're supposed to go 65 miles an hour how many go 65 miles an hour when that sign's there now it's Shabbat you can't be not telling the truth no one follows that sign do they when do they follow the sign when they see a police officer with a radar gun pointing at it and they slow down, right? Laws are in place to force you to make choices. Some choices are forced choices. That radar gun's a forced choice. How much better is it if you don't have to be forced into your choices but can look at the law and follow the choices? How many have been behind somebody that's following the speed limit? says 55 miles an hour how many like to get behind somebody that's going 55 miles an hour i know there's a few of you in here that don't even that's not even a number to you (laughs) it's it's a problem isn't it it's because there's other things going on in your life i got to get from here to there and if i don't get from here to there i can only do it by exceeding the law these are non-threatening examples of following God's instruction laws are in place God's laws are in place for us so that when we're in a valley of decision it forces us to make choices it perfects us it matures us it allows us to make decisions that line up with God's instruction some Do not go your own way, the ways of your desires. And if that's the case, then it becomes harder to follow God's instruction, if it goes against your personal desires. But spiritually, we need to follow His instruction, no matter how the flesh fights against the spirit. You following me? Matthew seven twenty. You following me? Okay. Matthew
1: seven twenty one through twenty three says this. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Thee that work lawlessness
0: ye that works and doesn't follow God's instruction, which He gave us as a road map to success. So how do you know God's will? A hundred percent of the time, how do you know God's will? Listen to Him. And how do you listen to Him? You listen to Him by reading His word. And allowing the Ruach HaKodesh to comfort and guide you through that time of reading his word. And I encourage you to read his word through hearing and read his word through seeing. Both. Then you have two out of the five senses that's actually bringing it into your fleshly brain so that it can be implanted upon your heart inside. Now let's talk about, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. It really means those that are lawless. You don't have to read God's instruction. You don't have to read God's word. Because we're not under the law, we're under grace. That's lawlessness. And those teachers are leading people into a ditch that will lead to death God, there's nothing wrong with God's law there's nothing wrong with his instruction it is for our safety it is those who are not obedient to God's word Yeshua said I never knew you what does that mean he's coming soon and how do you know that Yeshua will not say that to you and say depart from me I never knew you do you know is he going to say that to you because when we read scripture the scriptures the people that are standing before Yeshua in the day of judgment which we just read in Matthew 7 they were surprised right Lord didn't we do this didn't we do that Those people that were doing this and that spent most of their life in Mount Ebal, in the physical aspects of God, not the spiritual aspects of God. How do you know that you don't have to worry about depart from me, I never knew you? Well, worry about at this moment, because time can change, okay? First
1: John 2 3 through
0: 6 says this.
1: And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him all ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. So in closing in your valleys of decision,
0: in your battles between flesh and spirit, make the right choices in life. Make it plain by knowing when it is written on Mount Ebal and you shall experience the spiritual blessings found on your Mount Gerizim. Now that, people, is living in the spirit. Amen. Amen. It is our duty to praise the master of all, to ascribe greatness to the author of creation, for he's made us unlike the nations of the lands, and has not placed us like the families of the earth. He's not made our portion like theirs, and our lot like their multitudes. And we bend the knee and bow, and acknowledge our thanks before the king over kings, the holy one blessed be he. He stretches out heaven, and establishes earth's foundation, and the seat of his glory is in the heavens above, and on the presence of his power is in the most exalted heights he is our God there is none other true as our king there is nothing beside him as it is written in his Torah and you shall know this day and take to your heart that the Lord he is God in the heavens above and on the earth below there is none other amen
1: amen, amen. let's stand together